Hey everybody, it's Matt here. And before we get to the episode today, I just want to invite you to slay this giant of sexual sin with us. I want to invite you to consider doing an event with us. We have so many different kinds of events that we could do. There's events for men, there's events for men and women, events for parents, for youth, for young adults. There's Sunday morning preaching. Um, some of the events that we do are for our one-time things and some are weekend-long conferences. And so if this is on your heart and you'd like to address sexuality and porn in your church or in your circle, in your ministry or whatever that might look like, uh, I would invite you to go to restoredministries.ca slash events. You can see what's possible there with some things that we've done in the past. And we're also very flexible with working with different event organizers and, and churches in what it can look like for their particular setting. And so if you have it on your heart to carry the message forward of, of freedom and wholeness and health over sexual brokenness, I would love to chat about what that might look like. Go to restoredministries.ca slash events. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see my email and feel free to email me. We can hop on a Zoom call together and look at what doing an event together might look like for you. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Pure Victory Podcast. What? Does that Kleiner introduce things? I just things? co-opted your, your saying. Stealing my identity. Are you going to sue me now? <laughs> that, that intro is my identity. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, well, it felt weird saying it, to be honest. I, I don't feel right. So Stick I'm just going to gonna say hello, everybody. <laughs> you, you be you. I'll be me. Uh, what? I'll be me? me I'll just, be me. <laughs> we are we are public speakers over here. We are. How can you got tell? a mouthful of high chews while I'm doing this, so excuse me. And yeah. you guys listening faithfully, you're like, what, six weeks ago you had high chews? <laughs> Why do you still have high chews, Brad? <laughs> Those bags, I tell you, they're huge. Costco. I mean, honestly, I can't eat them all in one sitting, so I still have some. That's what's going on here. And every time I come over, he just feeds them to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, my wife does. Like she That's made a nice right. little that, platter of cookies right. and high chews. Yeah, we got it rough here. Anyways, today we're going to be talking about our views of God. And a bigger question around that is, what do I have wrong about God? What do I have wrong about God? And why does that matter? Well, when we view God incorrectly, that really has so much impact on areas of our life that sometimes we don't really fathom. It, it really impacts us deeply. When we understand who God is, we live out of that truth. We understand that and it just is revealed in in a good way in our life. But the inverse of that is true too. So uh, when we have uh, wrong beliefs about God, when we have lies that we are believing about God, that impacts us too. And specifically when we are um, in the midst of a battle like porn or any other sexual things that are going on, often there's lies attached to that or are the source of that and it often can be a lie about God for instance if you are battling porn you might feel like you can't come to God because he only accepts you if you're doing good he only loves you if you're doing the right thing all the time you might also feel like the desires you have well God turns his back on that. He is ashamed of those desires that you might have. You might have beliefs about that. Maybe you've adopted these beliefs because of a past, things that you've been through, um, and you've never really processed it that way. You've never really thought about it that way. You just assume this is the way it is. And, and we want to do this podcast today to help you on the process and the journey of understanding the truth about God and living out of that because that is going to impact your freedom journey far more than so many other surface level behavior modification can 
this is going to really impact you in a deep way. And not only with battling things like addiction with porn, just your overall life, your relationships, um, the way that you worship God, the way that you live out of that, it's going to impact everything. So that's why this is important. It's so true. You know, scripture says that the truth of, of Jesus, the truth will set you free. And so if that's true, and what's the inverse, then a lie will keep you bound. If we believe a lie about God or a lie about us, uh, man, we're going to be bound. We're going to be stuck. We won't be able to move forward because there's this lie. I'll give you a great example. There was a guy I was talking to last week and he hasn't been uh, involved. He just, just heard of our ministry and so hasn't taken in the teaching, but he was just kind of going on about a story and saying that, uh, that there was a period of his marriage where they were having less sex than what he wanted, but he has a high drive. And so, you know, like he's saying, you know, Matt, how sex is a God given need that we all have as men. And then he just continued on and I went, Whoa, hold on. Let's go back there. And so we worked through this lie that sex is a God given need, um, that we needed as men because the lie that was keeping him bound was I'm not able to exercise this need in my marriage because my wife and I were busy. She's more tired because she's working all this stuff. And so, well, what am I supposed to do? It's a need. I have to get off. And so then he would go to porn and then that made it worse. And then he almost like was very close to losing his family because there was a lie that kept him bound. And so imagine the truth that would set him free. Imagine he was taught that from a young age. Say he was eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, learning about sex going, Hey, but you got this sex drive, but it's to show you the power of God in you that when you get these urges and temptations, that you have authority and you can control your body in a way that's holy and that honors God, like scripture talks about in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And so it's it's this the truth that comes in over the lie mm-hmm. where then he's working through this with me and he's like, oh my gosh, that's true. Oh, yeah. that's right. I never thought of it like that. And so the lie that kept him bound was was this thing that he used as a justification to go to the sin, right? And so we need to, we need to, just constantly, I think, in everything in life, like Brandon is saying, like talk to God and go, what what lies am I believing? Yeah. I love Psalm thirty Psalm one thirty nine, twenty three, twenty four. It talks about search me, God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. It says, see if there's an offensive way in me. Offensive is like what's counter to the truth of God. Yeah. See if there's an offensive way in me. And then it says, Then lead me in the way everlasting. So lead me in the truth, God. Mm-hmm. And so we need to do that because otherwise we're not going to be led in the way that's everlasting, that's eternal in, in God's light. We're going to be stuck in darkness. And so we need to, a lot of people say too, um, we need to know the truth of God because we can't first know who we are before we know who God is. And so we need to know who God is. And people will, just another thing some preachers say is, is the most important thing in life is knowing who God is. And so what do we have wrong about God is super, super important to identify and to acknowledge and really work through because then you're just going to be more free from certain behaviors, free in your soul, free in your heart and in your mind. It leads to so much transformation. That's so true. And there's a great quote. I mean, sometimes we don't get some of this aspect of how a lie or a wrong belief can lead to certain kind of lifestyles or strategies that we build uh, specifically about God. Um, But there's a quote by Heather Davis Nelson who wrote a great book called Unashamed. And she said this, she said that poor theology, which theology, if you don't know what that means, that's just um, an understanding of God, um, the study of God. Poor theology always leads to sinful practice and sinful living is always rooted in poor theology. So a wrong belief about God will lead to bad practices in her life. It'll lead to 
sinful patterns in our life. Sometimes we have developed these patterns of coping with life. Sometimes they're based out of uh, just a wrong belief and we, we live out of that. And, and so it's, it's really important to recognize that. And I, I think even what Matt, Matt is sharing, you know, like about that one guy who, to, the whole idea of sexual need, how did that change his life? How was he living out of that, right? right. And, and so we need to come to terms with some of these things. Uh, and specifically, not only on that level, but God's character too and who he is and the belief about who he is. Like, does he actually love me? Does he actually care? Is he actually present in my life? Does he have a purpose for me? Is, has he created me with a purpose? You know, these things matter. Uh, it affects our identity as well, too, and what we believe about ourselves. I think, Matt, you were talking about that. This is really key to kind of get back to maybe the source of some of these these lies and beliefs. And so we need to go back to some of those times where maybe a belief was adopted. Um, a lie was conceived in, our, in us that we have learned to adopt as truth. And, you know, give you an example for me and how this impacted my life. A big kind of wounding area that happened for me is a, is a feeling of rejection. And there was a few moments in my life, specific moments where that really was key. And what occurred for me in that moment is when I feel rejection, I built a strategy out of that based out of a lie. The lie was, if I don't achieve, no one will love me. If I don't please, no one will see me. And that strategy I built out of that, you know, it might've made me high achieving in some areas, but it caused me to be defeated in others. I never felt I could match up. I always, you know, had moments where if someone challenged me or perhaps disagreed with me or even said something unkind to me that hit that rejection button. And then I would spiral down. And that also along with that is I began to believe something about God out of that too. My belief was I will only get God's love and acceptance if I do things that will please him. So I, I have to match up in what I feel so that he will give me that love. It was very, it was, it was transactional really in my mind's eye. I had to do A if I was going to get B. And my view of God was really impacted by that. And so I couldn't receive God's love and acceptance for me. I had a really hard time. So when I'm battling porn, when I'm dealing with that, I'm feeling so much shame and guilt and hurt and pain, and I might be doing good for a while. Say, for instance, I, I didn't look at porn for a few months. Now I feel like God loves me. But then another day rolls around and I go to my laptop or my computer and sure enough, I'm browsing the porn sites that I typically went to. I stop. And all of a sudden now I'm uh, at the bottom of the barrel again. God doesn't love me anymore. doesn't accept me. And if you were to talk to me at that point from a mindset, I would have told you, no, that's not true. God loves me. But I did not believe that in my heart. I didn't believe that. I had this lie that I had adopted going back to those times I felt rejected, that God would only love me, accept me if I did what um, I thought I needed to do to get that love. So this is how it was impacting my life. So we, we understand this, that when we're hurt, we're wounded, the enemy just loves to attack us at a weakest point. So he imprint on us at that point, a lie, a vow, a pronouncement, whatever else, boom, we get imprinted, uh, you know, kind of like, um, like a tattoo on our heart, right? Just imprint, a label, whatever. And we believe out of that and we live our life accordingly. So when we go back to that point though, when that lie was adopted and infused truth into that moment, all of a sudden, everything changes. 
our view of God changes and we need his help in this. I would highly recommend walking with a, a mature believer in this area to help you through this um, would be, be key if you know someone in your life, a, a pastor or a, a mature believer that's a friend maybe would be great, but to pray through some of these things with somebody to just go back to those moments. And sometimes we need to write them down, but think through and pray through, ask Jesus, what are these uh, initial uh, feelings maybe that we have? What is it linked to? You know, if you have a feeling of rejection like I did, go back to that moment and then you'll start to understand your wrong beliefs about God. And that's going to really help you because you infuse the truth into that. All of a sudden you see God differently. That was a huge part of my healing journey. Like when I understood that God did accept me and love me and I received that in my heart, it took root. It changed everything for me. And, and now that's what, you know, why we're, we're sharing this. It's just really important that we begin to see God correctly because that's going to affect the way that we move forward in our healing. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, that's everything. You look in scripture about Jesus' response to those who are in sin, and it's not anything like we respond to people in sin. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I recognize your great love. Uh, I, I want you to go in peace. Um, I'm not condemning you go and sin no more. Like he's pouring belief and grace and love into people. Yeah. That's all he does. Mm-hmm. He, and, he, and he works to heal their heart. And there's different stories we, we I'm getting that from, but it's like, he looks at the heart. He looks at the inside. He, he has compassion and pity on people. It's not harsh judgment that we think. No. I used to think, oh, God's going to curse me. He's going to do something bad to yeah. punish me yeah. after I've watched porn. It's funny. I didn't think that after I lied. <laughs> I only ever thought right. that after I watched porn. Right. Interesting. We amplify this lie, right? Or, or this sin. But yeah, and so I mean, these these lies that we get from our hurts, um, like Braden's talking about, we also get them from our sins, from things that people do to us or or whatever, or that we do. So when we, when we sin or we get hurt, it's like there's these beliefs that we have like these, like, uh, oh, God can't forgive me yet. I got to beat myself up for a couple of days before God will really forgive me, right? Actually, in reality, it's I can't receive it yeah. because I'm believing this lie that his forgiveness doesn't conquer, doesn't trump my shame. And so I'm giving all of my attention to my shame rather than Colossians 3 verse 1, I think it is, talks about think on things above, on heavenly things, not on earthly things. So I'm not thinking on heavenly things because I am i don't even know how to do it. I used to, when I was in my 20s, I wasn't married. I, I used to always think, man, like sexual temptation, behavior, it's a physical thing. God isn't physical. He can't, <laughs> right. he can't help me. Yeah, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's yeah. never had this temptation, no. right? No. Um, no, I'm sure Jesus did. But then you, the lie could be, but Jesus isn't there anymore. Jesus isn't, he's in the spirit. He's not in body. He's not with me right now. How could God satisfy my body? And I know a lot of people with sexual sin have that same thought. And so this is the thing is when we have these little urges, because to be honest, there's lies that I believe that I never really recognize as believe as lies but this one never really sat right with me because it it felt like a cheap out for me it was like there's got to be more to it but i never pursued what that more was Mm -hmm. and i think that's the key for us is if you're sitting there and you're listening you're going okay i i've believed that too i don't want you to do what i did and just go well i don't really get it so i'm just gonna go watch porn anyway or masturbate I want you to instead go, you know, I don't understand that, but I want to ask people, what does this look like for God to satisfy me or to help me pray to people or pray to God and and ask him to show you? Because when we identify a lie, it's got to be trumped by the truth. If we don't know what the truth is, pursue that thing, Mm -hmm. pursue it. Like, like that Psalm 139, 
verse 24, like, see if there's an offensive way in me so you recognize it, and then lead me in the way everlasting. You've got to do the second part too, which for the longest time I didn't do. Right. Um, but when we have these lies, like, I don't really know if God can satisfy me or I don't know if God's forgiven me. We're not going to go to him, which is the source of yeah. mercy and grace and strength so that we can overcome. So we continually live in weakness apart from God and then just go in this cycle of sin. Mm-hmm. And we need to identify all these lies. There could be a hundred lies that each of us believe Many. about God. And don't be overwhelmed by that. Realize that God is going to take you on a journey and he's going to maybe tackle the biggest ones. or He's going to be intentional in the journey. Yeah. He's going to highlight certain ones that he wants to deal with mm-hmm. now. And so trust him in that process, but allow him to highlight that. And then once it's highlighted, seek the truth and get that established in you. I love that. That's great. And it, it just paints a better picture because I think it can be very overwhelming. You know, someone listening might be, you know, I get this. You might be like, wow, yeah, I do have a lot of areas in my life where I believe some stuff I know is not right. And I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know my start point. And I love what you said there. It's just really about inviting God and he's going to lead you on this journey. And that's true. He's the one that perfects our faith and he's the one who works in this area. So that's something too that we need to understand is he does not leave us high and dry. You might be thinking, well, he's left me. Um, He's not in this with me. That's not true. You have a heavenly father who is with you and for you and is a very much part of every moment of your life. And sometimes we just miss out on that. He's speaking, he's with you, he cares. And, um, and that's sometimes a, a lie that we need to put to bed, put the rest. We need to kill that lie. And because uh, he is with you. And, and sometimes we, we just don't get that when we're struggling or our circumstances don't seem to match up. That's another big one, hey? Uh, sometimes we have a, a wrong belief about God is, God loves me and that's revealed in my circumstance and everything has to be going well. That means yeah. I'm quote unquote blessed. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And, and, and honestly though, like if you look at even what Paul talked about in second Corinthians, you know, that famous verse that um, he talked about of all the hardships he had, Paul talked about it in second Corinthians four, you know, I love this verse, second Corinthians four, eight. He said, we're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed we always carry around in our body the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may also be revealed in our body for we who are alive are always being given over to death for jesus sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body so i could go on and on in this passage um, but the crux of it i should say is really that even though we might face hardship God is with us. He's for us. He's working in it. And he's, you know, we have surpassing joy understanding that he is living in us and we have something far greater than any circumstance in our life could ever give us. But if we believe that we're only blessed if circumstances reveal it sometimes, whenever we face hardship, we believe God's left us. His presence has left us or he doesn't care. He doesn't love us. Not true. And how would that impact us if we have that wrong belief? Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) often if we do face challenge, we get angry, we get upset, resentful towards God instead of leaning on him and coming to him and asking for his comfort. We don't do that anymore. Um, and in the good times too, you know, often when there's good times, we, we, we think we're blessed in good times, but we don't invite God into those moments either. He wants to rejoice with us. 
in, in the good times. And sometimes we miss that too, because, Hey, we're focused on the here and the now our eyes are on the temporal instead of on the unseen. And, and so we can get really focused on, you know, what's good going on and we're not inviting God into it. So it's, it's so funny how we act that way. And I've been there. I can put my hand up to some of these things for sure. Um, but those wrong beliefs about God do impact us in how we live our life. So that's another example. I mean, there's so many examples of how wrong beliefs about God can affect our, our present and future realities often in, in how we live. Well, it's really good what you're saying about the good times and that it's not always a blessing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like think about Jesus' mother, Mary. Yeah. She's, she's pregnant. She's like, what, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. She's not married. It says that she's found favor with God. She's highly blessed, right? Right, And then she gets pregnant. Nobody understands her. Her fiance wants to leave her. Then he stays with her, but still now she's an unwed mother in this culture. Then she probably has life plans, but then she has a kid with, that's with God. So her husband is not the biological dad of this mm-hmm. kid. Then, I mean... It would be amazing to raise the child of God. It'd also probably be a challenge. Like there would be challenges, especially in that then they had other kids. Mm-hmm. And so then imagine there's like Michael Jr. is a comedian. He does this joke about Jesus being like being Jesus' brother. Like, <laughs> come on, James. Like, why can't you be like Jesus? <laughs> it's funny. Right. But like you there would be challenges, that. right? Yeah. Not everything was just awesome. She couldn't find room at the inn. There, she's riding on a donkey when she's nine months pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like there's challenges, even though she'd found favor with God. She's yeah. highly blessed. Like it's not all just rosy. No, I felt like I was blessed. I felt like I was, I don't know if I use that word, but I was like doing great two and a half years, never even considering watching porn, no temptations at all, but barely once every six months, maybe. And then I fall right back into porn worse than ever. It's like, was I blessed? Well, I don't know. Actually, I think I was immature and I did never seek the truth of God in that time and so once I got free from the second time around from porn then I started getting tempted right away I'm like what's going on am I not really free because yeah. I didn't understand God but God was showing me no freedom doesn't mean no temptation freedom means you seek me in temptation yeah. and you realize you can live in victory and I'm like oh so I learned something new about God in that time that enabled me to be free because mm-hmm. I wasn't freaked out by temptation yeah. but what if I was just freaked out because I thought freedom in God was just everything was rosy I was mm-hmm. never tempted anymore yeah then I'm terrified every time I'm tempted. Once I'm tempted, just instantly I'm going to go back. And so there's lies that keep us bound. The truth will set you free. You got to always remember that. And there's so many lies. Um, We can go through some. We can go through some lies here that people believe. I remember it was really cool last year. There was a guy in one of our groups who said to me, one of our our, uh, weeks in Pure Freedom Journey is restoring a proper view of God. And so one of the guys in that week in a group, he said, you know, I, I never believed that God was a healer mm. because I never saw him heal me. And he wasn't talking about physical healing, and although God does that, but but he was talking about emotional healing. I never believed God was a healer. And he said then, he, at that point, this guy had been maybe three or four months free of porn. And he's like, I'm starting to see God's a healer. And that was in the morning. And then that afternoon, I got an email from someone I'd never heard from before. And he said, hey, could you do a podcast actually on this topic? He said, I never trusted that God was a healer before. And so it was the same thing where two guys in the same day said it was pretty cool. But if you don't believe he's the healer, you're not going to go to him to get your heart healed. No. But if you believe that he's the healer, even when you're not healed, you're going to go to him. Yeah. 
And that's why it's so important that even if you don't feel it, you can just believe it. And I had a dream one time that was, I'm sure I've shared it before or referred to it, but it just showed me, it was the first dream I ever had from God. And it was, it was cool and profound, but he showed me that as soon as I come to him after sin, like he doesn't hold the sin against me. He doesn't even see it on me. Mm -hmm. I'm pure and pure as can be. And I was like, there's no way that's too quick. And so for five years, probably I didn't believe it in my heart, but every time I would feel myself going, nah, he can't, or can't forgive me yet. I'd always go, no, but that is what he said. That is what his word says. I am distant from my sin as far as the East is from the West. And I didn't believe it, but I would say it and I would kind of agree with it and declare it. And that's sometimes what we got to do with these truths. When we believe when, when a lie is revealed, then it's like, okay, what's the truth though? And so even if you don't believe God's a healer because you've never experienced it, he is the healer. Even if you don't believe he's with you, he is with you. And so focus on that because where we put our mind really matters. Yes, it does. It does. And I think one of the things that sometimes we we need to do is when we are infusing truth into those moments, we need to really wrestle with that scripture. And I think God works in that. You know, sometimes there's verses that we we know in our head, but we don't believe in our heart. And I think that we need to really focus on them. And don't just read it like you're reading a novel, you know, like how sometimes you read certain books. Like when you read scripture, you got to chew it. You got to you gotta really wrestle with it. You know, if you got to put these on sticky notes throughout your house, if there's a lie that you know is really big in your life, for instance, I'm not good enough. Well, find a verse that speaks the truth about how you are accepted and loved. You are mm-hmm. good enough. Find a verse, whatever that is, specific one, and put it in, in throughout your areas where you can view it. Or I know people have done this. They put sticky notes on certain areas that they, every day they pass by. Maybe it's on their door that they leave every day. They'll stick it there so they see it when they, they come and go. One guy that I'm working with just currently, he is like, he's so cool. His whole life has been transformed. Yeah terrible terrible history and he's like brand new mm-hmm. and just yesterday i was like hey are you did you put sticky notes all around your house he's like yeah it's amazing everywhere <laughs> i go i see it it's pretty cool that's right it, it works and, and maybe it's not that specific thing maybe it's something else maybe there's um you have um something that really speaks to you about what god did in a specific point in your life and there's a verse maybe that is tied to that and that reminds you of that um you know, like I have something in my office, there's an anchor in my office and you might think an anchor, oh yeah, seafaring kind of theme. No, no, not at all. Like the anchor for me is actually representative um, that Jesus is my anchor. And whenever I see that, I'm reminded of that. And certain verses come to mind that speak towards me of that, but it, it's representative of a truth. And sometimes we need those, those items. Like they, I think in scripture it's called a fetter. Um, an item that uh, is a reminder for you of something that God has done and, or a verse and, and just have those. I mean, some people have the cross on their, you know, around a necklace or something and that that's really profound for them. That's great. Other people have other uh, people have other things. And so that could be something too, that you, so you're really wrestling with the truth that is real in God's word. And you, you can think about it. You, you go to that. I mean, maybe it's, you write it on a whiteboard somewhere in your house or whatever else. I don't know. Do what works for you. But the point of this is you have to think about it, pray about it, and wrestle with it. If you give it one read, one a once over, it's not going to have the same impact on you. I mean, it can be impactful to a level, but you got to think about it and let it really be ingested by you. Like you got to take it in. 
And then, so that's why it's key. And actually we're going to, we're going to do an exercise right now. And I, I hope you take part in it that are listening. Um, it's an ancient practice, monastic practice, uh, monastic monks. Um, but what they would do is they would read a passage of scripture, pray about it, think about it, and then reread it, pray about it, think about it. And they would do this for a while and they would highlight certain passage or certain passage in that or a word, a phrase, maybe an image that God brought, um, an impression that God gave. And they would journal about that, think about that, how God's speaking. Um, it's actually called Lectio Divina. And um, there's some Latin for you. But anyways, this is a great practice that sometimes we miss in Christianity, um, our ability to wrestle with God's word. And so I'm going to read a passage of scripture um, specifically, and this is about Jesus. This passage is about Jesus in Isaiah. And this is Isaiah uh, 61 and just a portion of that. And I just want you to, to just listen to this. Just really take it in. And if you have to pause the podcast or re- rewind and listen to it again, just do that and just really take it in and, and pray about it. Think about what God's maybe speaking to you. But this particular verse is about Jesus and his purpose and what that relates to us, how that matters to us. Um, so I'm going to read this and yeah, let's, let's try this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in the land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. So take that in, re-listen to it, highlight words, and don't just listen to my voice. <laughs> I would say go to this, this scripture and, and do the same thing. Read it and reread it and pray about it and think about it. And um, you can do this anywhere in scriptures, whatever passage you feel God's leading. This one just particular came out to mind because this is about Christ's purpose, what he came for, to do for us and how it relates to us, the truth. And so uh, I would recommend you doing this, um, finding a passage. Maybe there's one specific to you, but even this one, um, do that and pray about it. It's awesome. I love it. So just to summarize today, um, well, I, I, just to go off what Brad was saying, I really encourage you to do that. I, recently I was reading Exodus, the, the last few chapters in Exodus, which is like, oh, make this 70 cubits long and buy 42 cubits long and I'm building so many things. And that can just be so dry for so long, right? Mm-hmm. And you're reading it and you're like, I don't know what this means. And and I just was doing that and lots of times I would skip over it. But just a couple of weeks ago I was reading, I said, like, Holy Spirit, can you reveal what you want to say to me? Like, speak to me through this. And I got something that was so profound. It was in, I think, chapter 23, but wherever wherever it was. It was in the midst of of these uh, kind of boring passages, and, and it was so profound. And I actually, there's two things that I got that I'd never really seen before. And so, and I think about them every day now, and, and it was really, really cool. And so instead of just skipping over things where you don't understand, just 
trust God to speak to you through scripture. And if you need to read it a few times, go back and read it a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, when something stands out to you, just stay on that for a little bit. God is speaking to you probably. So, so the lies that you believe can often be found through justifications to go to sin. What are the things that you justify to go to your sin? What are the things that you believe about yourself? What are the things that you, you believe about God or, you know, you, you read it in, in the Bible, you read something about God in the Bible and you go, I don't really believe that for me. That would be a lie. And so we don't want you to just stop there and just turn the, turn away and close a book and move on. Mm-hmm. We want you to go, what is the truth? Declare that truth, sit in the truth, chew on that as Brad said, <laughs> and, and bring it to the Lord and just have that truth really, really established in you. So you're not trying to just fight for it all the time, but it's established in you. And I think we should fight for it. Like I had to fight for so long to get that truth that God's forgiveness is instant and complete. I had to fight for that, but I don't want to stop there. I want to keep on fighting for it until it's established in me. And now I would say for me, it's established where I don't need to fight for it because it's in me. And so that's where I want you to get to with all of these things. And there's there's always lies. And so just like we were saying before, there's so many things that we all believe wrong about God, but focus on maybe one or two or whatever God is highlighting and just dwell on that and, and the rest will come. So hope that this sets you free because when you're stuck, There are lies that keep you bound, but the truth is, the truth will set you free. God bless. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.